Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. This episode of The Read-Along is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you're choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits who are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more right now at parkpower.ca. We bought a new fridge. (laughs) In some personal news, yes, we bought a new fridge. So this is a convoluted story, Uh, and it starts with our washing machine breaking down. (laughs) It does. So our washing machine broke rather spectacularly and needed replaced. Um, It would have been a very expensive repair, so we decided, you know what, we'll go, we'll buy a refurbished washing machine because it'll cost basically the same as the repair. And considerably less than a brand new one. Exactly. Because new washing machines, quite expensive. So we did that. We went, we bought a new washing machine, and the washing machine did a half a load, and then its little computer brain just broke. It was (laughs) was like when you buy a new astromech droid, and immediately part of its brain shoots out of the top of its head, and you're like, this astromech droid has a bad motivator. It was that, but with the washing machine. (laughs) With the washing machine. So we called the appliance place, and they were like, all right, well, we'll replace your washing machine. So they sent us this replacement washing machine that was much smaller, like much smaller than the model that we wanted, not just in physical size, but in capacity as well. And we we are a family of four. We make a lot of laundry. Yeah, and half of our family is small children who are not known for keeping their clothes clean. New. So we were like, this will not do. Um, we need to replace this again. So they've already come and like physically replaced the washing machine twice at this point. And they agree because they we did not choose the replacement washing machine, the second replacement washing machine. We should come in, pick a washing machine this time, and then they will replace it a third time. When we're there... <laughs> We also accidentally buy a fridge because we were dissatisfied with our side-by-side fridge. We had one of those fridges that's it's a skinny fridge and next to it is a, is a like much this... skinnier freezer. Yeah. It came with the house. Yeah. And I've hated it since day one. I do not like that style. Some people do. It is not for me. And a full third of it is an ice machine that hasn't worked in like five years. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was not a great fridge. So we found a Whirlpool fridge that was white so it matched our existing whirlpool appliances and had a bottom freezer which is what i wanted double wide door uh bottom freezer i believe they're known as french doors yeah fridge french doors and we're very happy with it but it's great a couple days after we install it it starts to leak out of the bottom and we're like well this is a problem (laughs) oh no so we do some investigating the first thing we discover is that when they took out the water hose from the old fridge because it had the water dispenser and the the ice ice machine machine. anita had accidentally turned it all the way on instead of all the way off yeah so i'd open the valve wide wide instead of closing it so they had crimped it 
but it had developed a small hole. So there was water just shooting everywhere behind the fridge. This, there was this delicate spray of water yeah. behind our fridge, just adding to the puddle. Which had been going probably for about a week when we noticed it. So we quickly dealt with that. Yeah, we turned that water off and made sure that there was nothing coming through. And for a moment, we were like, well, maybe that explains the leak. That's why there's water coming out from under the fridge. No, that was not the case. So the next day when there was a lake on the floor, I went, aha, that is not the problem. So we did some internet searching and I discovered that there is a, a very common problem with Whirlpool and apparently a couple other brands of bottom freezer where they have this gasket in the drain for the for the freezer because condensation, condensation happens yeah. it drains out into a little pan underneath the fridge where it evaporates that's the way it's supposed to work but on some of these fridges they have this gasket which is supposed to help filter but mostly it just gets clogged up and then it freezes and then the water has nowhere to go but into the freezer where it then eventually leaks out onto the floor the problem was I couldn't find it I couldn't find the drain inside the freezer. Apparently it's actually in the back panel. So we ended up needing to call a repairman. The point is he's finally come, fixed our new fridge. We have a new washer. We have a new fridge. All of our appliance woes are dealt with. And we're very happy with our new appliances. And we're going to cross all of our fingers and all of our toes and touch all of the wood and do all of the things that we are done with the appliances now. Here's here's the weird thing. We also ended up with the exact same model of washing machine that we had before. <laughs> yeah. All of this started. So we went through two different models of washing machine to land on the same model as we just got rid of. But a so, working version. But a working version. Yeah. So everything is the same now. This has been our adventures in appliances for the past couple weeks. Adulting is fun, y'all. But it's finally done. Here's the weird thing. I'm now at a point in my life where I'm excited for our new appliances. Yeah, because grown-ups get excited about boring stuff. It's true. Our kids would be unimpressed. No, not impressed at all. You know what? Our son is a little impressed, though. He does like the new fridge. He was excited to see the new fridge when I told him that we had gotten one. Uh, But was he excited because he was excited? Or was he excited because we were excited? I think he was was excited because it would be a novel thing for him. Okay. Anyway, now that you're all caught up on (laughs) on our appliance issues... Oh, Lord. Let's uh, let's do a brief recap of our previous chapter in which a plan is hatched. Uh, after everybody kind of meets again in the middle deck, they realize that the best course of action is maybe not to go and confront the dangerous murder machine, but perhaps to try to trap it. And we hit upon a spammy plan, then have a little flashback. A spammy plan. We then have a little flashback to the argument uh, and find out exactly what was going on there and learn maybe a little bit more about Morvin's motivation. Mm. Will that be touched upon in this chapter? Emphatically, no. But we're going to get into it anyway as we go into chapter 16 of Screams from the Void by Ann Tibbets. A lot of this chapter is what we in the theater would call hurry up and wait. (laughs) Yes. Because that's what uh, most of our cast is doing in this chapter. They've holed up in the the shower room. Yeah, the bathroom, basically. And they're watching the door to the sleep chamber, which they've filled with smelly spam. (laughs) So they they went through this whole rigmarole to rig up their trap as fast as possible, right? And then they're just sitting and waiting. And getting a little stir-crazy doing it. Morvan is unhappy with the plan to begin with because he wants to be more proactive. And so he's just pacing around like a caged animal, scratching at his itch. Tamsin has drifted off briefly in Niall's lap. He is very uncomfortable with this and uh, just kind of trying to keep it together. 
Avram is also itching and scratching, and Reyna actually points out, like, uh, you're also, like, whatever's affecting him and affecting Pollux has also gotten you. Have we figured out what it is? No one has figured out it's the alien slime yet. No, they haven't put two and two and two together. My guess is because they are not privy to the same information that we were privy to about Pollux handling the crazy slimy seed pod. Yeah, basically, they haven't correlated it yet with the fact that Pollux must have also handled the alien slime from the pod. Yeah, no one's made... Well, to be fair, they're also under a stressful situation right now and And probably not thinking about where did this horrible rash come from instead of, oh God, I'm trying not to die. Well, I mean, the rash could also lead to death. So that is something to be concerned about. But also, they can't correlate with Pollux at the moment because she might be dead. Who knows? Yeah, we haven't seen her in many chapters. It's true. She, She might be dead, but I don't know. I doubt it. We haven't seen a... I still haven't... I have a little list here where we're recording. Of confirmed deads? And I I haven't even marked off Valda because we haven't seen a corpse. It's true. And the last we saw him, he was alive. And until I see him dead as a doornail, he is not getting checked off on my list. Until they come across his pieces, which let's be honest, if the alien is eating him, they will come across his pieces. I agree. Valda might be alive. Pollux might be alive. I would say that the chances of Pollux being alive are higher than Valda, but... She had a weapon. <laughs> even so. Well, and we know for sure that the uh, the Kepler is definitely not immune to slashing damage. Not anymore! And we'll, we know we'll that get now. into that. Well, we already knew that before. It was clearly distressed by being cut in a previous chapter. Yeah. Well, and uh, we know it can recover from, like, blunt force... Right? Because she hit it with that chair. Guess we're going to find out very soon if it can regrow a limb. Right? Or its face. Yeah. Okay, so let's get But we're getting ahead of ourselves. The other big thing that happens kind of while we're talking in the room, besides just discussing the itch again, is Avram mentions a couple times, like, maybe we we should just go and send out the distress signal. I think that at this juncture, like, we're we're boned. We need to do something. Morvin and Reyna kind of exchange a look, and Reyna finally decides to kind of address this, because Morvin's not. And she's like, you know what? I sent out the distress signal. Well, we were up on the bridge. I did it. I pushed the button. It's been sent out. And I hadn't said anything because... And of course, then Niall breaks in with, you shouldn't have done that because it's against regulations and the biological isn't contained, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And she's like, that. That's that, the reason that's, why I had That's what I was trying anything. to avoid, getting the lecture. Niall's... Not terribly wrong in saying you may have doomed another ship now, because if somebody comes and docks with us thinking that the foreign biological has been contained, like now they're all going to get massacred too. You've just put another crew in danger. I mean, this ties back to what I said before. You have a code that says the foreign biologicals on board, please be on standby. Yeah. And then you have another code that sends an all clear so that there's a a rescue ship there and ready to go. Yes. I don't know if that's what happened though. I don't know how their distress system works. Oh, no, it emphatically like, it does not like, work that is way. Is it just like an old-fashioned, like, SOS, Who knows? Uh-huh. The point is, it it evidently does not work that way, because Niall is saying that the other ship's just going to board, basically. Yeah. Here's our weird problem. They need help. They do. But Niall is also very right. They are possibly endangering a whole other ship. Yeah. Filled with a whole other crew. No, the, the problem is that both Avram and Niall are correct. Yes. It's a tough call. Yeah. I want to address Morvin in this moment as well, because he hasn't said anything. And you'd think if Reyna blurted out this kind of against his wishes that he might blow up about it, but he doesn't. He plays it really cool. Because she's covering his butt. He's the one that sent the signal. Yeah. And I think that she's absolutely correct. He didn't want to say anything because he was worried that it might blow up in his face. 
that he might get in trouble for it. It might damage his career. Uh, it was the right thing to do, but he's also thinking about number one. Further to that, because she fell on the sword, he's cool with it. Because she's protecting him. It is in his best interest yeah. to not say anything. And that's why he doesn't blow up about this no. and just kind of lets it slide because yep. it's like, all right, if she wants to take the heat for that, that's less heat on me. And I also see why she did it. She even gave her reasoning, right? She's not coming back to the Space Corps. <laughs> no, after all this, I I think she might she want to wants, find another job somewhere else. She wants as far away from Morvan and this job... As much as possible, she has nothing to lose. Yeah, she also had kind of made peace with being fired by Osric earlier in the book. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. She is done on a level that no one else is done. Yeah. Right? She does not care. So there you go. Put your mind at ease. The distress signal has been sent. Yes, I broke the rules. I don't care anymore. Yeah. Write me up if you want. Whatever. Whatever. I'm leaving. You can't fire me. I quit. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she turns around to look back at the trap, and there's a snarling face looking through the crack back at her. Gah! That's the big jump scare. The Kepler, perhaps attracted by all of their shouting at each other. Ah, this is what I wrote in my notes. They botched their own plan because they're having, like, arguments, conversations, then arguments, which I assume increase in volume. They're making a bunch of noise. Okay, so you're attracting the Kepler to your area. But wrong room. Well, and we already kind of had discussed their plan might have been flawed because they're working under the impression that the Kepler is of animal intelligence. And Avram has previously suggested maybe it's smarter than that. Yeah. So it might have even just come and seen the bait and been like, this mm. seems like a trap and gone <laughs> looking around somewhere else. Or maybe it's intelligent enough not to like spam. I mean, there are intelligent people who like spam. Yes, I know. It's not the worst. Mm, it's not great. It's an acquired taste. Okay, I'll give you that. The point is, they are now in mortal danger. Yes. Now, the good news is the door was already mostly closed. So the creature tries to get in, and Morvin and Reyna both start hacking at it. And the the Kepler does not care for this. <laughs> Finally. Where it was previously shrugging off basically all of the injuries done to it, as was the case when uh, it was slashed by Pollux in a previous chapter. They actually take great hunks out of it in this moment. Yeah, they slice off a piece of its face. Like Reyna straight cuts off its arm. Well, that's a little later, but yeah. Paw or whatever. I don't know how much arm and paw came with it. The book wasn't clear. The point is, limb was removed. Yeah, a limb was was sliced off. Now, the problem is, every time they sliced off a piece of this animal, the piece flew towards Avram, who is deathly allergic, yeah. we know, to this thing. Raina tries to help him by scooping up the gross part and flushing it down the toilet. Yes. Um, <laughs> she also starts screaming at Tam to do something because Tamson is effectively their medical person left on board. Yeah. Um, but she's useless. She's yeah. frozen up in terror. Okay. We know it's not fight or flight, right? It's fight, flight, or freeze. And Tam's freeze. Tam is such an extreme freeze that at this point, she is a legitimate liability to the group. <laughs> Raina manages to like basically get the first aid kit off of her and just starts randomly injecting Avram with stuff. Which is a terrible idea. It is a very terrible idea. Now, I'm not going to say that Reyna murdered Avram in this moment. I am not going to be that cruel. No. He was already probably far gone at that moment. I don't think there was anything in that med kit that was deathly. Well, there's definitely, well, <laughs> like, eh, randomly injecting someone with medicines while they're going into anaphylactic shock, probably not the greatest idea. No, not the greatest idea, but I don't think there was anything in there that was toxic and deadly that would immediately kill someone. It's a first aid kit. Nothing's going to be quite that strong. I mean, you can you can easily overdose someone on morphine. Yeah? 
You keep morphine in a first aid kit? It's not specifically a first aid kit. It is explicitly a med kit. It's not just bandages and gauze in there. Oh, yeah. Okay, There's fair enough. There's an auto-injector and medicines. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Still, don't randomly inject someone with no. medicine. And again, I, it definitely didn't help him. No. But I'm, I'm willing to be charitable in this moment and say she probably didn't kill him. He was probably already almost gone at that point. It's true. Because he was... All fun shades of colors. Yeah. He couldn't breathe. He is so allergic to this animal. He dies of anaphylactic shock. Yeah. He I think suffocated his... probably before she even started injecting him with stuff. And it's largely because Tam froze up. And I'm, I'm not trying to blame it on Tam either. The whole situation was bad. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all bad all the way around. Now, while Raina is desperately trying to, like, get Avram to breathe and get his heart started again, Niall and... Morvin are trying to keep the creature from breaking. Yeah. Because so it's battering get... down the door. So, okay. So, Morvin slices off a chunk of its face. And that just makes it angry and it starts battering down the door. Right. So, but they do get the door closed. Yes. Right? So, then they're trying to barricade. And this thing is trying to come through with battering ram force. Yeah. It's basically, what I picture is it's racing down the hallway and then coming back down and crashing into the door. Yeah. It's hitting that door really hard. This thing is strong. And heavy. Yeah. After it knocks down Nile and makes a, a crack in the door big enough that it can start reaching in and, and try to slash at people. That's where Raina actually cuts off the Yeah, line. that's when Raina finally leaves Avram, unfortunately. P- picks up her hatchet and just And just hacks, hacks off. Yeah, hacks a, off a chunk of it, which slides over to Avram. <laughs> well, I mean, he's gone at that point. The point is the creature retreats at that point. Having been badly injured, it goes away. Yeah. And that leaves them an opening to try to escape because, unfortunately, they're trapped. They're in a room that only has one exit. Well, yeah. So they need another safe house, basically. Yeah. So Morvin is like, he's gone. Come on. Niall is heading down the hall with Tam. Like, they're they're booking it. Yeah. Raina's devastated. And it's almost certainly because she's blaming herself for Avram dying. Mm-hmm. But Because well, she couldn't save him. But they can't really dwell on that at the moment. They got to get moving. Well, no, because if they stay, then they all die. Yeah. And that's pretty much where chapter 16 ends. Uh, Action-packed, lots going on, but uh, pretty fast read. It's almost unfair that the Kepler gets another kill without actually doing anything. Here's the thing. Avram's death by anaphylaxis was telegraphed. Oh, yeah. Like, I knew after we found out that he was deathly allergic to the thing that he was he was not long for the book, and this is how he was going to die. I kind of hoped that he would be like a Kepler detector. Uh, He was. (laughs) He was up until the end. He was before they knew it, and the second time uh, is too much. Yeah. So that leaves definitely on on the team, on Team Ensign, (laughs) Niall, Morvan, Reyna, and Tamsin. Morvan is a liability. Tamsin is a liability. Not to say that Tamsin isn't worthy of being saved. Oh no, but I she would, is not going to help. I'm willing to say everyone is worthy of being saved. No one deserves to die from alien monster. No. <laughs> I agree with you there. Even Morvin doesn't deserve to die of alien monster. No. Like Morvin deserves his comeuppance. Oh, for sure. I don't know that he deserves gruesome death. Uh he he will probably have gruesome death before the end. Probably. And it'll be satisfying and dark. Pollux might still be alive somewhere on the ship, we don't know. Valda might still be alive somewhere on the ship, we don't know. Like, he's a medical officer, the creature was distracted away from him. It is possible that he could have survived his injuries. Yes. Perhaps least likely of our, our question marks, but possible, which is why I haven't counted him out yet. Yeah. I know they ejected the other pod. 
But I, I can't help but wonder if there are two Keplers still. It has shown that it's able to get around the ship pretty quick. Like, what if? This is a big what if. This is wild, irresponsible speculation. What the if... best kind of speculation on this podcast. I know. It's what we do. It's what we do really well. What if Pollux actually killed her Kepler in the greenhouse and the ensigns are being hunted by a different one? It's not impossible. We don't know that there was only one Kepler inside the seed pod that opened. Right? That's that was my thought. It's like, well, what if there were two? I'm I will I will entertain this thought because there is evidence that suggests that might be the case. Because early in the book, back at 9 a.m., when the flight deck crew was attacked, the Kepler, it is implied, stayed up there feasting on them long enough for Sorrel to come up and find it there. But in between that point, Pollux was in the sleep chamber, and as she was leaving, she felt like she was being watched through the ventilation shaft, which implies that maybe there was another Kepler in the vent at that time. Right. Because it's possible it was the same Kepler and it had scurried on down and then went back up. It's possible that there was more than one. We don't know. If... I'm just saying that, that that is evidence that could support that theory, that there was a second one on board. Yeah. It was just a thought. I don't know if I'm right. We'll find out, I'm sure. Yeah. But that is the thought I had. What if there are two? And one of them is now dead and Pollux is alive with a dead Kepler on her machete. <laughs> The only the only thing that I can think of that would maybe point against that is if Pollux had killed the Kepler, you'd think that she'd have announced it to the ship. Can she do that from the greenhouse she's trapped in? I mean, she could probably get out of the greenhouse somehow. I don't know. The greenhouse is not airtight. It has multiple entrances. And, I mean, vents. And she was armed with a machete. She can just, like, hack through a window or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. The The point is, if she had killed her monster you'd think that in the ensuing time, she would have found a way to communicate that to people, which is the only thing I can think of that would point against that. Unless she's worried about Morvan. She you, knows Morvan trapped her in there. Well, you'd think that that would make her even more inclined to get in touch with the rest of the group because mm. they're in danger. Yeah. They're in danger, but they also have Morvan with them. Yeah, but they also outnumber Morvan. Yeah. And they are also armed. I don't know. We'll see. I'm just saying. We'll see. I'm just saying. I was just, I'm, I'm also just saying it was a thought I had yeah. and I wanted to say it out loud. It's possible still. I'm saying quite plausible. All right. So we end one more survivor down. We're now yep. a team of four. And I'm pretty sure that Morvan is now on the hunt. Oh, yeah, he, for sure. He left that room without a thought for anybody behind him. No. Uh, I absolutely guarantee. Like, this is proof to Morvan that the trap plan was flawed because it didn't work. Granted, they probably screwed it up. I, I uh, think the trap plan was a better plan than hunting. Plus, he's tasted blood now. And I mean that not literally. No, no, I know what you mean. They've they've clearly injured the creature enough that it retreated. And that, to point back to Predator, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah. I had that exact same thought earlier when I was thinking about the chapter. I'm like, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah. Might be the title of this episode. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, I think uh, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up here for this week. Bit of a shorter episode, maybe. But I mean, again, the chapter flew by quite fast. And I don't feel like there was a ton to dissect in this chapter. So. No, it was very action-y. Yeah. Like, stuff happened, but it wasn't, you know, deep and insightful. It was action-y and fun and exciting. Yeah. You'll want to read up on chapter 17 in time for next week. And in the meantime, I'm, I'm not going to have a really good... Segway for this one. Uh, we have long been sponsored by ATB Financial. Uh, they were the title sponsor of the network early on. They've uh, since transitioned to just being a regular sponsor. 
and uh, we are happy to have them because they've been here right since the beginning. And uh, we're going to give them a little shout out right now, uh, just uh, for you. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to segue from alien attacks to uh, local banking. <laughs> Looking for a way to give back? ATB Cares makes it easy for all Albertans to support the causes they care about. Donate to your favorite charity through ATB Cares, and ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Albertan charities. To learn more and donate, visit atbcares.com. Yeah, ATB. Thanks Help. for sticking around, ATB. Helping the community, helping the podcast network. Yeah, it's nice. You can learn more about the Alberta Podcast Network and check out the member podcasts right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. While you're there, you'll definitely find another podcast you like. You can probably download it on your podcatcher of choice. It's probably where you're catching our pod. That seems likely. Give us a little rating and a review. It helps us out. Oh, we'd appreciate it. You can get in touch with us on social media. Absolutely. We are on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. Because we're bookish that way. We are at the read along on most of those. You can also send us an email. Absolutely. We are the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. More space monsters! Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along and check out our group on Goodreads.com. So uh, we'll uh, have you read up on chapter 17 in time for next week. Uh, in the meantime, you know, capitalism is still a thing going on in space, obviously. Uh, we don't know that for sure. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to get a good segue out of this. <laughs> you know, capitalism is still in space. I'll take that back. I love you. <laughs>